Now hold on here. The moment of truth has finally come. Are you ready to do some stomping, baby? Are you ready on the bandstand? Detroit Breakdown! Let's Talk Red Wings here. Myself, Brendan, Mike, and our host, Darian, back for another spectacular episode of Let's Talk Red Wings. Speaking of spectacular, how about the OT winner for the Red Wings against the Kraken? Oh, yeah. They, they gave Ben Schrott an opening, and he took it. Yep. Uh, which, led, uh, which led Andrew Kopp to... Uh, Say fine words about Seattle on the way out. I don't know if you caught that one, Darian. No. Did you hear that one? Nope. He was walking off the ice, and he said, let's get out of this fucking shithole. So that was his thoughts of, uh, was his thoughts of the uh, Emerald City up there in the Pacific Northwest, and the Red Wings were happy to take their uh, two points and uh, run. Yep. Awesome. All right, let's dive into it with some key wings news. Well, first, let's give a shout out to uh, oh, the people call. who are paying the bills here, Darren. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing there. I was ready to go. Um, Fired up. He's, he's in an anxious mood today. But uh, first, let's give a shout out to the 519 Beer House located oh, in Tecumseh, Ontario. It's possibly the best pub in Windsor. Uh, tell a friend and try the wings. Yeah. And uh, if you're looking for a new ride, get down to Motor City Chrysler. Corner of Walker and Tecumseh, Windsor, Ontario, 519-256-2303. Go see Jeff Pollock. He'll get you in a ride, mention the show. He'll give you an even better deal. All right. All right. So Michael Rasmussen here. He got re-signed for four years, $3.2 million average. It is a perfect contract for the type of player Michael Rasmussen is. He's on pace for 16 goals this year. Um, but more so on then on the scoring end, he's he fits his role on the team fairly well. Absolutely. This is a guy that can play from line one through four, uh, play center, plays the wing, kills penalties. If you need him on a net front on a power play, he'll be there. Uh, they haven't really used him that much in that role yet, but it is a future potential possibility. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yep. Um, but, yeah, good to get him re-upped. Um, he's going to run through the 2027-28 season at 3.2 per. Um, so, got it's that's a perfect contract for him. He's a guy who's uh, started to started to move up in the lineup. He's looked very good in, on the first line in the past couple of games. Yep, up there with uh, you know Kane needs a type of player like that, and Larkin does well with a type of player like him as well. So, and happy with his game so far. Yeah, no, up there on the first line. Yeah, um, uh, you know what? Uh, we talked about it uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, they they went and they threw all the lines right in the blender, and and uh, after the Vancouver game, and came out with two wins since, and uh, got some pretty instant chemistry, uh, some different things, and positives, negatives, and we'll get into that afterwards, game yeah. by game. I was thrilled that he took it honestly, because it seems fairly team friendly. Like just to have this 
four-year term on somebody that provides a pretty big role, even though he's a bottom six player. Like, he hasn't always been that for us, but that's No, 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 a, not right now. No, he's not. But not right now. He has no, been playing the top, top line. line, but statistically, bottom he, he's six. To, he's top ticket right now. He's big cheese. 100%. Yeah. Big cheese. This is true. He's, uh, he's adding some size to that line. It's he's working. driving so. force. Yeah, it's working. You know, that's that old school line. Uh, they always talk about uh, you got your your scorer, your setup guy, and your and your policeman out there. No. So so uh, they always going back to the '30s. You know that's what that's what you did when you set up lines in the National Hockey League and, and hockey in general is you got the one guy that's going to muck it up, get that puck, dig him out, and that's Rasmussen, guy that can uh, really set things up, and that's uh, Kane and and Larkin's your finisher, and or vice versa. So, but he actually has some touch, so I like his yeah I like his. Well, I've liked his game for a long time. He's progressed nicely. Uh, he's a guy who continues to improve uh, as he continues to play more. You know, he's kind of forced in the lineup at a young age when he had to come up right after his draft year because the Wings did not want to send him back to the Western Hockey League. Um, and he was a guy who looked out of place off the beginning, but he's continued to improve. And, you know, I'm happy to see him re-upped because he's a key part of this team being in the playoff race and being where they're at, so... Kind of primo like, but not a top three pick. Like I know he was a top ten pick, but uh, primo looked out of place when he first came up. I'm going back for a long time ago, but uh, and it eventually turned into a, a solid NHLer. But uh, you're seeing the same thing with Raz. Yeah, you know, there's one thing with him that I've always wondered, and Mike mentioned it when we were talking last year. Like, how come he's not ever net front? on the power play. I feel like he would fit that role perfectly. I don't know. Maybe it's something we're not seeing in practice, but I just feel like he fits that. I just kind of feel like the Red Wings have a couple of units that, you know, are producing decently well right now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's part of the reason why he's not there. I don't know. It's one of those things, like, just because you're big, it doesn't necessarily mean you're meant for that role, too. That's true. I mean, he looks the part, like, for sure. Like, you look at him and you're like, oh, that's perfect for net front on a power play. But, you know, he he makes his bread and butter being a menace to play against and just being a beast down low. And yeah, that's part you know of what it. I mean. And so, I don't know if he – I don't know. I'm not going to say he couldn't play that role, but I just – But they're, they're, what they they're, they're also utilizing guys – like cop doesn't play power play, okay. right? Um, Raz doesn't necessarily play power play. Um, Larkin does both. Uh, Comfort does both. Okay, you can't have everybody do both, and they've kind of split a lot of things up. Where they've got that great power play talent, guys like DeBrinket and Kane, and guys like that up front, and then you've got guys like Raz that are just you know all world penalty killers, and that rangey going to take all that time and space, big stick. You know he's 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 going to be uh, you know he's going to be there for a long time doing that. Not to say that he's not an net front power play guy eventually, but but you know what? If if you can get away with it and and be able to utilize guys and give guys some time on the bench and have them come out and be hundred uh, percent when when their time is right, then awesome. He's like the opposite of Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, as we know, only plays power play because in his contract it says he can't play the penalty kill. And Rasmussen plays. I'm oh, sorry, plays the penalty kill, and not the power play. Yeah. So segueing into the next game, I do want to say, like, I'm going to give Lalonde big time credit here. Raskop Fisher. We talked about it being analytically a top ten line. 
and it looked the part even eye test. They, they, it looked like a great third line that you figured those guys are going to stick together all year. And then one bad game, they mix it up and it works. Anytime you say analytics, I'm waiting for either a drop or something to come over from that side. <laughs> he, lo- he loves analytics. Yeah. Being the old guy that I am, uh, I've warmed up to them a little bit, but uh, they aren't the be-all to be all end all. You know what? Like you say, breaking up that line, they, they broke up the whole lineup uh, before this game. Uh, and it wasn't just the Vancouver game. It was it was a third period in Edmonton, and it, things were getting stale, and I think the coaching staff had seen enough of it. And, and it's sign of good coaching. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, just mix everything up. and Throw it and, in the Vitamix. Yeah, and, and then see what happens. Pour her out, and, and, and away you go. And, and it worked. And, you know, I mean, a couple, a couple of my impressions of it, Number one, Raz going to that first line. Number two, that uh, Raymond was able to cut the umbilical cord from Dylan Larkin and actually play decent hockey with a different center. Because, you know what, it's almost, I'm not going to say he pouted, but, you know, he didn't look the same and didn't play the same when he wasn't with Larkin. And, and he's, it looks like he's, he's found a really nice uh, little bit of chemistry with the uh, Comfer and, and, uh, and see how that goes. And how about that? Most points for under 21 players currently in the season. I know there's oh, a little yeah. asterisk next to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there's a guy in Chicago who would be leading that total. But, yeah, most who would have had – I mean, we've been waiting for this kind of breakthrough, so-called breakthrough, for a, for a long time now. Um, you know, he's shown flashes. Like, when he's on, he's on. But as you said, you know, we've only ever seen him playing with Larkin. Or not playing with Larkin, but producing playing well with, with Larkin. Producing with yeah. Larkin. Yeah. Um, I agree. So, like, it's been an impressive season. Like, I mean, on pace for 24 goals, 69 points, it's, it's been solid. And, like, he's looked better on this stretch. Like, there's, there's times earlier in the year where he was probably making me the most frustrated on the whole roster because the expectations are pretty high. But uh, he's figured it out so far. So let's see if he can keep things going the rest of the way here. But so, the win itself, I mean, you want to touch on the win? I, I mean, I was, I mean, it was one of those games where they didn't lead in shots. Yeah, it doubled um, up actually. But it's a typical Red Wing game where, like we've said before, analytics be damned. You know, you're, you know, you get doubled up in shots. Analytics say not so much hockey says, but analytics say you're probably uh, in trouble. But you know, the Wings, Wings capitalize on chances you know, better than better than anyone. Yeah, and that's like you say, they're four lines deep in terms of scoring. Um, shit, ten first ten minutes. Yeah, um, really looked like a carryover from the Vancouver game, and a lot of zone time for Calgary, and and they even had some some stretches later in the game, but but the game really hinged and turned on that that Kane power play goal, and then scoring again before the end of the first. And you go, they got out of there with a two nothing lead after the first, and and uh, you know. You knew it was going to be tough uh, sledding for Calgary to come back from that because they're they're not known to come back from those types of and the deficits. Ru- obviously with the rumors swirling and everything about what's yeah, going to happen oh, yeah. with the rest of the roster and everything and you know obviously we haven't mentioned him yet but uh, James Reimer uh, solid performance in that that day a couple big saves yeah you know I know there's some Lee, there's some Leafs fans out there that kind of dreaded that when he got listed to start uh, because. 
you know, it's <laughs> it's been a mixed bag of him, but he's able to come up with a shutout win and roll into Seattle. Tells you how much that Vancouver game just slipped through my mind because I think that was our last show day. I didn't even bother putting it in the show, but it's so far back now that yeah, I mean, we even really, wants to talk about we that. Don't really have to touch on that. We got enough content. We're not gonna, <laughs> not gonna bore the folks with that no. one. Um, so that was the first game that there was an octopus thrown on the ice oh, yeah. on the road. It's starting to trend, and uh, this was the second game there was one thrown on the ice. Multiple octopi on the road trip. Yeah. So going to keep that going on the road, although they're at home. So the the octopi in the Detroit area better be on the lookout because uh, the wings are back, folks. The wings are back. The Calgary guy got fined, too. Eh? I was reading that. Yeah, $250 ticket. But the guy won, I think, two grand the night before at the casino. All right. So worth it. So that was worth it for him to pay that. I mean, one day, you know, if we get big enough with this little show we're doing here, one day... We have to get, you know, go big cheese, get the lower bowl seats, and yes. for the for the fans, we have to strap an octopus up to Darian. I knew it was gonna be me. It's yeah. not gonna be you. It's not gonna be me. I would. Darian would be able. Darian, I'd take one for the team. You would. You would go. You do it. Yep. Yeah. For the content, right? For the content. For the content. Yeah. But we want that. a the... big a big old ten pounder, just like. Yeah, right yeah. There. One of the big ones. The Calgary guy got caught on camera too. That's probably. I mean, it's hard not to get caught on camera. <laughs> Sometimes they anything, don't throw it. Doing at anything you. on these days. He had Franz in the Franz in jersey running up the stairs. I was cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if we looked hard enough, you'd find like what your dad did to get banned from an NFL stadium. Mm, but yeah, I'm sure that was caught on camera. <laughs> Oh, or a wing show, we're not going to get into that. But if you ever catch Darian off the camera... <laughs> oh, somebody's stepping a duck. <laughs> it was, it's, the, it's the story of Ford Field's history. It lives on in infamy. Went all the way to the top, right to Ron Wood, and the, the right, right to the president. All the way to the top. <laughs> right to the top. <laughs> oh, God, okay. We gotta, we gotta send this mail to Leamington. Where the fuck is Leamington? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so four to three win. Ben Sherratt with the OT winner. Alex Lyon, good between the pipes. Thirty-eight saves. You know what they? Uh, they talked about hitting the reset button with him, uh, giving Reimer that start. Reimer, Reimer uh, responded, and Lyon saw that obviously. Came back with a great performance. Another game where the wings were outshot, uh, but not necessarily outchanced. It, it was a game that went through spurts. I mean, Jared McCann had a really solid game for the crack in there. Um, and it was it was looking it was looking dicey. The wings were kind of fortunate to force OT. We were on the edge of our seat there, um, and then in OT, the wings weren't possessing the puck early, but you know, finally got control of the puck there and. Kind of a surprise winner, kind of got through there. Yeah, I seen people commenting. I was reading some comment sections, I think, on Twitter. Somebody was like, "What was Seattle's defense doing on that play?" And somebody's Puck like, "Watching." Well, yeah, that's, well, that's they didn't expect that Ben Sherratt to clap on top corner. That is the classic example of puck watching. Oh, you watch the replay, and there's space all, like all 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 eight that. eyes, all eight eyes that weren't or 
or all six eyes that weren't playing goal for uh or no it was a four and four situation right because it was five 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 eyes oh ten eyes ten eyes are you counting the goalie See, I'm not, was count- not counting the goalie. I wasn't counting the goalie, and then I'm thinking, oh, shit, it's three on three. I don't even know if – I don't know then, if he was watching. You know what? Play. It wasn't three on three because the penalty had ended. Yes. So it was four on four. So, so all stopped, eight yeah. eyes that weren't playing goal for Seattle, that's what I was trying to say before I caught myself. <laughs> caught myself and shit the bed on that one. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Jeez. And I'm thinking the goalie's not watching the play. So <laughs> I, was, I was a little out of line on that one, too. But, you know. We're not going to edit that out, though. I think that, no, that's I think that awesome. should stay. Yeah, we're counting eyes now. We're counting eyes. <laughs> Although the way he tried, the way he tried to, the way Decor tried to stop that shot, I mean, you'd think he wasn't watching the puck, but it was. Everybody else was. Everyone else was. Yeah. Well, big win. So it's time to dive into the next games. Colorado is next. Tomorrow night. Yep. You know, this is a game where I feel like the Wings, you know, I said I guarantee they're going to win. I feel like this is the kind of game where they're going to be able to go and just flat out beat the Avalanche. You know, the Wings are very good at home. Um, Colorado is going to be coming in on the road. Weeknight game. It's a perfect spot to get them, and I think the Wings have the uh, upper hand in this one. And it's games like these that are going to create a nice little cushion uh, that the Wings are going to need to get into the playoffs because – you know, it's starting to look more and more likely by the day. So it's getting there. It's good to see. So, but you know, a win like you know, this is this is a crucial week. I mean, we're gonna get to the other two in a little bit, but you know, you go, you can beat Colorado, you can beat St. Louis, and then wrap up with Chicago. Things are looking pretty good. So, and like, let's not sugarcoat it. Colorado is still a top six team in the league statistically right now. Oh, jeez. Yeah, 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 but they're a team that's un- they're unbeatable. Almost the teams at home, if you get them away from get them away from Little Caesars Arena, they're like the wings on the road. Like they're they're dead five hundred. They're they're not the same when they're not. You know, they use the altitude to their advantage for sure. Playing well, out there, tease. I might be with you on this one. So I mean, you got. I mean, you know, we know. You know, the bread and butter is to bet underdogs, right? So you know, you gotta. You got to take your underdogs in a game like this, right? Uh, you know, no one is saying the Red Wings are better than the Avalanche, but that's a perfect spot to get the uh, get the Avs. And obviously, it's Darren McCarty's stick giveaway day. So, you know, everyone everyone and their brother that's nostalgic, nostalgic about the 1990s is going to be in the building and all fired up, you know, a big rivalry game. And it's going to be a packed house. That's the thing. Even with the rivalry, not obviously not even close to what it was, Anybody that was like in their prime hockey watching days in that time, like wants to be at these games. You see, like I've been to an Avs Wings game and it's packed every time. Yeah, especially in the Detroit area. And I mean, as they should be, that was a great time and it was a great rivalry. Rivalry where the, they were the two best teams in the league. Um, and getting to the team that was normally the fourth best team in the league around that time, the uh, St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Fourth or fifth in that range. I'd say fourth, yeah. Nice day game. Yeah. They were all in the West back then, for sure. I love the uh, I love the uh, noon puck drops here on ABC. It's exciting to see the Wings get one here. Uh, they play they play St. Louis at home. Um, St. Louis, another team. Wings can try and kind of you know get in front of and gain some uh, gain some ground in the standings here. It's uh, St. Louis is definitely inconsistent, and uh, Wings should have the 
upper hand at home there. Yeah, noon on ABC, at, uh, on ABC and should be a good one. Yeah, I feel pretty good about like St. Louis is in the same spot as Seattle is on the fringe. They're they're like four points ahead, so those are the type of teams you should get at home. You mark those as wins if you can. Yep. This will be really fun for me because I'll be on God's time, as they like to call the Central Time Zone. Uh, so I'll be it will be an eleven o'clock a.m. puck drop for me. So I will not be complaining about that. That'll be pretty. That'll be pretty good. Oh, 11 o'clock puck drop and uh, have some brunch or something and watch the uh, watch the Wings play the Blues because the following day I will be at the rank for this one. This one. It will be 5 p.m. God's time, as I like to say at Notre Dame, and uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. He's not a Notre Dame fan. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but that's just <laughs> that's part of the joke of it is God's time. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, I gotta love, gotta love the Central Time Zone. Uh, yeah, so 5 p.m. Chicago time, 6 p.m. Eastern for everyone tuning in for Kane's return to Chicago. Seeing, you know, the, the, there's hockey writers' articles, not even real writers, just people give their opinions, right? And I've seen one, I just want to steal this topic. He said the Wings could have a good deadline with a dip, addition by subtraction. So getting rid of one of the whole charade modas of the world at whatever cost to open up a spot for Edvinson. So do you think it's a good idea? And do you think they even open up a spot for him at all this year? Oh boy. I love Edvinson. Um, I think he's in a perfect spot right now and just let the season play out with what they got on the back end. Okay. Maybe make a tweak or whatever. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting that Hall was signed for as much as he was, and and he hasn't seen the ice in how many games now? Oh, geez, four. Yeah, feels like forever. Yeah. So, um, you know what? He's he's in a great spot. Just continue to play, continue to develop, gain that confidence. Come into camp next year, and you know maybe he gets a taste at the end of the year. I don't know, but I don't see it. Yeah. So this is terrible for radio, but. Uh, I I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, I don't I don't know who who is this guy who wrote this article. I got to get a name on this one. Okay, gonna... I just don't know if he's watched the Red Wings yet this year. I don't know if he sees like you know because I love I love just the way Edmondson's developing in Grand Rapids and like I feel like it would actually be a little detrimental for him to you know come up at this point this year with the way that like. Mata, like you're not you're not taking Mata out of the lineup. Like when we get into the offseason, we'll get into the shows. What does this blue line look like in two years? Right. right. Even next year, what does the blue line look like? But because the Sandine Palika and 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 Edvinson being involved in that, like you know, that's two top fours. One's a left, one's a right. And I mean, we hope we, we hope Sandine Palika develops that. But yeah, oh, I, I think he will. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We're saying the same thing about Edmondson at that time. So I got it. So like I said, it was a hockey writers guy. You know, hockey writers just kind of. I don't even know if they actually employ people, but rather than just have people who or if they just walk down Woodward and say, "Hey, you, you know anything about hockey?" Yeah, yeah. I think Edmondson should be our yeah. Line so up by the his deadline. name is Devin Little. <laughs> but it was frequenting Red Wings Twitter. So Devin Little. Yeah, he did throw. Red Wings could add by subtraction at 2024 deadline. Get him in. 
Addition yeah. by subtraction. You love to see it. Never mind the whole, you know, having to eat a ton of money on, you know, whoever you're going to have to move on because everyone other than Gosses Bear signed beyond this year. You know, never mind that. Never mind that the D doesn't look that bad right now. But yeah, let's go ad- addition by subtraction. That's, that's the only person you can actually trade away and put him in the spot of is Gosses Bear. And yeah, but I like but I like the not, role he plays he on the power play, and Ed, well, that's the thing. And Edmonton's and, and, and not filling that role. Not not right, right away. Yet. Not right away. He's he's going to be a power play guy, and uh, but that's the only person out of the six that, or the seven that I could see him actually uh, changing spots with. You know, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, he even mentions Bergeron, and then ends with to get to the next level, they might have to make the bold and uncommon decision to sell off some of these veterans and promote some of their younger options if it makes sense in the long run. Now, why? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what the what the fuck's he talking about? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Like, Berggren has played better than what he did earlier in the year when he was trying to make the Red Wings. To be fair, but who's who? Whose spot is he taking in the lineup? Like, what? Like, I don't I don't understand that one. And like, no, like, what do you mean? Like, who who would he, who would you move for Berggren to get him in the lineup? Gives the Red Wings the unique opportunity of maintaining or even strengthening their roster by trading it, away it ain't players. Gonna, it ain't, it's not going to Building up their youthful foundation. If they're bringing anybody in, it's going to be a, Berger, a bona fide National Hockey League player. Berggren has to earn a spot in the NHL. He, doesn't, he hasn't proven he can play in the NHL yet. See, this is where I was at too. This is why I like I don't know what I don't know what they're talking. Like he hasn't proven he can play in the NHL. I think he'd be a nice like I got no like if you can move anyone and get him like fans uh, will be all fired up about that. And uh, Red Wing legend Chris Chelios will be getting his sweater retired for the Chicago Blackhawks, where he also had an illustrious career. Really had an illustrious career for three original six teams. So, yep. No, I've had the uh, had the privilege of meeting him a couple of times. He's a nice guy, and uh, I'll be excited to see the, uh, the banner get raised to the rafters, even though it's not the uh, not the right color. Yeah, and Kane's gonna walk into a standing O. So, oh yeah, Kane. Kane's gonna be he's gonna be ready to go. With a spatter of booze. Yes, of course. I don't know if they will boo him. Honestly, I don't think they will. Because I feel like it was it was the end of the time there. They weren't gonna because of the cap situation, trying to you know have as much cap as possible. Oh, he wasn't banging the. He wasn't. He wasn't banging the ceiling looking for a trade. No, he wasn't trying to leave. I mean, I'm sure he let, he liked Chicago as he said. Um, they weren't gonna keep him around. Um, and he got moved to the Rangers. He never really looked like right with the Rangers, and now he's now he's in Detroit. And I mean, we're hoping he's gonna stay in Detroit for a while here now, but. Uh, yeah, he's. I don't see a lot of booze coming towards him. He, he, he accomplished more in his time in Chicago with that team than they had accomplished ever. So there's not there's not very uh, disappointed yeah, fans. Yeah, it, it was time for him to get dealt. So at that point, there's there's no way there's bad blood. But uh, what was I gonna say? I had I had something for you. Now I'm blanking. Eh, it, maybe it'll come back to me. 
Mike will line you up with some old man yells at Cloud. Oh, I got a question for you because they, they, sure. they've moved it. They've reopened it in the arena there. Um, the fans who watch the show might have an opinion on this too. So you know, sometimes we like to bring this non to non-hockey related things because we are, you know, we have other interests. Food being, one of, the, food being one of them. Sure. Especially Darian loves his food. Um, so they're, they're putting uh, a Chili's Chili back in the rink there. So it was originally in Chicago, came to Detroit. Obviously, they moved away. Tin Roof has since moved into the building in Detroit, which all of us have frequented at some point in the summer, especially before Tigers games. Um, yeah, so how's the, how's the chili? Did you ever have the chili there? No, I haven't. No, so. No, um, I, uh, I, I might try go, it. I, I, never, I never went to a Blackhawks game. And, um, no, I'm you, saying in Detroit, never had the chili in Detroit. Yeah, I, I did. Oh, I, yeah, it wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. No, nothing, nothing crazy. Keep in mind, I mean, in my profession, we make great chili. So mm-hmm. whether it's me or whether it's people on my job or, or, uh, you know, any other fire hall across North America, we make great chili. So he doesn't have time for a mediocre chili. Yeah. No, no, it was good. But uh, seven bucks a bowl—that's not—that's not a bad price for arena food. That's like, uh, well, you don't want to tell people the sandwich deal, DLCA. No, I want to keep it a secret. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I was gonna throw at you. So you're going to this one. Uh-huh. So this is gonna be good. Yeah. Um, it's just like we don't want anybody to know where to get our favorite beer in LCA either. Right. No, 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 no. That's that's staying tight to the vest. Like Steve Eiserman. Yeah. See Eiserman take that photo of Rasmussen. He's like, get this camera off of me right now. <laughs> he was not. He, he likes Raz, I'm sure, but he did not look like he wanted a photo taken of him in that moment. He never does that situation. But yeah, what, what so were you going to ask? Throw me a percentage. How many Wings fans do you think are going to be with you there? Oh, okay. So let me think about this one for a second. So it's interesting because Chelios, I mean, he had a big following in Chicago, he had a big following in Detroit. I don't think that's necessarily why people are going to this game. So I think there's going to be more Blackhawks fans than normal. With Kane's return being there, I think there's also going to be more Blackhawks fans than normal. Then you got to account for um, there being a lot of transplant fans in Chicago that are from Detroit because it's the biggest city in the Midwest. So a lot of people move to Chicago to work that are Red Wings fans. Um, It's definitely the second most popular team in the city there. So if I was to give a percentage, I don't know, 80, 20, yeah, somewhere in that range. Something like that. Yeah, like that's that. what I would guess. All it's right, not going to be – like the Wings have been kind of taking over road ranks lately. Yeah, the teams that's, that's why I was yeah, especially, in the U, especially in the U.S. This is an odd spot. Um, they're traveling well. Not so much in – I mean, the crowd was pretty good in Calgary. Not as good in Edmonton because, you know, Edmonton's got a big fan base there and they're doing well. But Seattle, like you looked around and you just saw the red and white, and it was it was all over the building there. But that's an expansion team who I'm sure there was a lot of a lot of Red Wings fans out there, right? So, yeah, eighty twenty. All right, Mike, the old man. What are you yelling about today? All right, um, been thinking about this one for a couple weeks, and uh, we're gonna. Throw it out to everybody. You know what? The trapezoid. The dreaded shape behind the net. Those angles. Those non-play areas. Things like that. Not happy. Don't like it. Um, 
this is a rule that came about uh, during the, the big shuffle, yeah. during the lockout. Figured it was going to be one of the ways that they were really going to increase scoring to take the puck out of the off of the stick of players like or goaltenders like Brodeur, like uh, Turco back then. Turco was going to move the puck. Yeah. yeah, those guys could move the puck. Okay. Idea being, you don't allow a team getting into a four check. Uh, you get the puck up the ice quickly. You can they can dump it in, go off the ice, change, trap, get the puck back. Uh, they figure they were getting ahead of the game and doing so. Um, the real changes that really increase the scoring obstruction. Okay, the 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 clamp down on the clamp downs. Uh, really starting to call. Really starting to call the hooking, the holding, clutching, grabbing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was happening. That's that was hockey in the '90s for sure. Okay, um, '80s, '90s, and not so much in the '80s, but the '90s for sure. Uh, you know, scoring was super high in the 80s, so they wanted to bring it back down. They let guys basically water ski behind each other in terms of hooking. They let guys just mug each other in terms of holding. And, you know, um, that is a big reason. Once they really started to call all that, uh, the NH- I call them the NHL hooks. Okay, when you go for a stick lift and you just happen to get it on the hands, it led to more power plays. All right, um, let me ask a question here. So yeah. uh, for the old-time listeners on this podcast, do you think the rules being the way they were in the 90s, because the Wings were dominant regardless, do you think it helped them win more Stanley Cups or less? I think it was about the same. Yeah. Um, just in terms of talent that they had. They could have played any game. So yeah, it was a team that never got pushed around. They weren't definitely the most physical mm-hmm. or physical imposing team, but they never seemed to get pushed around any of those, you know, in the decade. Decade of true dominance, I'd say. It was, yeah, as he says, they could kind of play any game they wanted to. And obviously, I'm remembering more towards the end of that run, but. Yeah. yeah. So obstruction was one. Uh, number two, uh, taking that red line out, um, opening the game up a little bit more. Uh, I don't think had the biggest effect. You know, it was out internationally, so, I mean, teams are still trapping like crazy. Um, but the, I think over the last couple of years, the biggest rule change to up scoring was downsizing the goalie pads. And not so much the, the upper body equipment, which was big, but, but the leg pads for sure. Taking them from back in the 80s, they were 10, scoring was through the roof, went up to 12, back down to 11 now, uh, scoring's going up again, so... Uh, trapezoid rule um, should go the way of the wooden sticks and dinosaurs. You know, it's it's had its time, its place. Uh, I would enjoy watching some of these goaltenders now having to go into the corner and try and play a puck. Like a perfectly dumped puck is not going to have a goaltender come out in the corner and get to it. Okay? No. So strategically, coaches can and teams can do better in doing that, which they do. But... Um, it'd be fun watching the goaltenders that aren't good holding handling the puck come out and have to play it more. So I think it's a double-edged sword. So but, you know this was a good topic when I don't remember in NHL it didn't have one. Yeah. So I va- like vaguely do like my first probably my first year really watching hockey. Yeah. There wasn't one. Nothing then, says old man like the twenty-year-olds not remembering a time before it. Twenty-five-year-olds. But I sell yourself counts. short. But I, wish, I just wanted to give you your old man props. I wish yep. I wish there was a yeah I wish there wasn't a trapezoid as well. I mean it's it's fun it's, watching goalies play puck. 
Yeah, I think it'd be yeah, better. I'm for right you. with you on this one. It's okay. it's gonna create it's gonna create more scoring for sure. Oh, this one Mike's gonna have an opinion on for sure. Yeah. He just did a lot of talking, but uh, I think we should kick it to him to start things off. Yeah, so I get him out of the system. Like, I don't mind him as a prospect, but like at a certain point, we got to start making moves to get bona fide NHLers, you know, yep. into this in place of these guys who aren't going to play long term in Detroit. And I don't think Berggren is going to be playing long term in Detroit. You know, I think he'll end up, you know. He'll end up playing in his Ottawa or his Montreal or something where they can use him, and they'll mm-hmm. be, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of forget about him, and that's that might be hot takeish, but I don't see him getting a role with the Red Wings ever. I feel like he would have shown it already. Yeah. So I don't want to go too long on this one, but Max has another article for us with his Red Wings deadline thoughts. And it is the same problem that bothers me every time <laughs> I read this guy's article. And I do love Max Bullman. The guy puts out great content. He does a lot of work. It's, I love his work. Honestly, I just want him to get behind the team. But he's like you. He's like it's. He's like you. Like when you when you get something in your head, you stand on it, and like you'll go down with the ship. And he. Yeah. For as much as I like what he's doing, he's going down with the ship on this one because you can continue on with this one. No but. matter what we do, like one of the topics is what's the sell line? How how do they? How far do they have to fall? To sell? <laughs> and it, it just continues on. Even when he gets into his next topic, it's let's say the Red Wings get hot over the next two weeks, and that sell line talk becomes irrelevant. Why do we even have to get hot to crush the sell line talk? We can just play the way they've been playing. But this is what I couldn't figure out, is it talks like we're six points back and we need to get hot to get into the race. We're firmly in the race. Yeah. Shut up, fool! Yeah, and this is like a, like, so we were looking at the schedule for this weekend coming up. Like, I'm fully expecting to go two and one at least on this three-game segment they got. You know, Colorado, St. Louis, and Chicago. Yeah. I did like, so he threw out Wenberg and Dowd as potential forwards and we men Wenberg is one we didn't mention no we but, mentioned Dowd yes I think either fits decently if we're adding depth yeah yeah I like Wenberg's and game that's all they're gonna do really yeah I mean we've gone over this already did we go over it last week on on this show yeah I think so, yeah but. so but this is why I threw Buchnevich up there because we've talked about him being a great fit like how'd you like Wenberg uh Against uh, the Wings. I mean, I, mean, I, I noticed him as much as you would any bottom six guy. Like, yeah, I, I didn't notice him like, a ton either. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I could see that being the only move that the Wings make because really there's – the Wings could get by this year with that being the only move that's made, but I wouldn't necessarily complain. I wouldn't do a, do a cartwheel over it either as Darian likes to do, but I don't know. Yeah. But he does say Buchnevich, who we've talked about, he thinks the cost is likely too high for what the Red Wings can justify at this stage. And Okay, so I've seen a lot of teams that have been around the same point that the Wings are at right now. Yeah. Um, with no prior playoff success. Like a lot of these people, they judge like the moves that you gotta make off of if you've had playoff success or not. But I've seen a lot of these teams that have started to make moves uh when they know they're in the playoff race, like the Red Wings are. 
because as you can see, like look at New Jersey last year compared to this year. Like it, you can you can go from being in the playoff race to out of the playoff race fairly quickly. So even where were the Islanders when they made the Horvat trade? Oh, they were they weren't in the playoff race. They weren't in it. No, I mean they were right on the cuffs if I remember yeah. right. But I figured it was right in the range. But... Yeah, but I mean that one was a head scratcher. Although it has worked out for them pretty yeah. well, but yeah. it was yeah, it was a surprising move for sure. But yeah, Buchnevich, I don't see why the Wings wouldn't. Well, I can see why they wouldn't want to take a swing at him, um, because you know I I like this. Like, let's see if they roll with this first line for a bit. I know it's very nearsighted of things, but, you know, if they roll with this first line, like, I don't see – if the Wings are going to try and do that and they're starting to get results with that first line, I don't see Buchnevich necessarily fitting on that first line. But I think on the second line, you've gotten a lot more depth and you're always trying to get better down the lineup. So I think the team gets – considerably better if they acquire Buchnevich. I mean, it's, he's a damn near a point-per-game player. I mean, the Wings will take that any day of the week. That's right. Yeah, altogether, he has some pretty good stuff in here. I mean, talking about potential Kane extensions, whether they keep Bergeron down. It is an overall great article. It's just every time he's on the side he's been on all year, the, the further and further the Wings get down in the season, while still being in a playoff race, I feel like I have to question every time... He's talking about cell line and will the wings spiral and how hot and cold they are. Yeah, like you don't see because he's never seen anything different. And that's what it is. Yeah, yeah you just see it. like any other team that's around this realm. Like look at Seattle. Like they're they're not necessarily talking about selling, and they're a team that you know might sneak in. I I just it's a head scratcher. It's time to get knuckles deep with Darian's digits. All right, we've been going one and one a lot lately. Um, I think this could be the two and zero oh play. Um, luckily, we have Thursday's lines already, even though we're taping this show on a Wednesday. So I got my Thursday bets in already. Sweet. So we got the Wings. Brendan has guaranteed a win, which means I'm putting my money on the Wings. He got a home dog. This is how I normally play my games. If I can play the Wings as a home dog, where I think they're going to win. I'm playing it. Plus 120, that's value. The other one is pretty interesting because it'll segue into our final topic, but the Devils are at home taking on the Rangers who have won eight in a row. And you're thinking, oh, Rangers, even money, eight in a row, easy. And that's where they get you. So you play the Devils, minus 115. The line looks fishy. It's a team pretty well, even money at home. The The thing is, we've always talked about Road Rangers, and even though it's not nearly what it was, if you look at their win streak, you do have the 7-2 win in Ottawa that started it. But home game, home game, overtime win in Chicago, yeah. home game, home game, overtime win in New York. Well, that was the stadium series game, but still, that's not in MSG. So, yeah, they're, they're, home uh, game. they're not nearly the same team away from MSG as they are when they have to travel. And before the Ottawa, that's the 3-2 Sharks OT loss. So When they have to travel, you know, their travel is absolutely treacherous in New York. They have to go take that subway over to New Jersey, and that, that really gets to them. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, so I'm going to take it. Um, and yeah, Colorado Rangers is how we're going to segue into this one. 
Alrighty. So uh, the New York Rangers, yeah, dominant at home. They looked very good at home against the Stars. I mean, that was a game I could see coming. Chesterkin is a different beast at home. They looked pretty good. Wedgewood had come in hot for the Stars, and the uh, Rangers played well. Came out with the W. And uh, for your win streak. So with the Rangers, what do I think about them? Is that what you're asking here? Yeah, they won eight in a row. So do you think that's just a hot streak, or are we do we have cup-contending Rangers right here? I mean, it's New York City, so they're always going to be talking. If they're at the top of the standings, if they're in cup contention, that's Batman's wet dream, right? But, you know. 30 years. 30 years. That, that's a, We were talking about that when we were watching the outdoor game. That is a sneaky streak that's kind of crept up on them. Not that it's near towards the uh, top of the league for, you know, longest droughts. Just a couple teams with further ones. But, yeah, 30 years without a cup, that's quite a few years. And... I don't know if they're. I can't say they're truly a cup contender. Like if you, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna talk about six teams that are gonna, who I would put in cup contention, because that's about where it's at right now. I'm not sure if I can put them there because they're just so inconsistent on the road and they just don't play. I don't know. They just in a playoff series too. They just if Shesterkin falls off like last year, like everyone's like, oh, they're gonna dominate the Devils, and the Devils weren't the better team than them. And all of a sudden they go lose Game Seven, choke the series away, and that's it for the Rangers, right? So, but I like how Cooley's playing. Like he's looking good as kind of a you know a no name player on their team and yeah. since he's come up. Uh, Keandre Miller, I like the way he's playing. I like the way the D's playing. You know they got. He looks solid when things are going right. And, you know, the goaltending, as I've said, is hit or miss depending on where they're playing. So, so one more thing I want to close this segment out with. So we got I'll, – I'll throw in Carolina too because they've won three in a row but eight of ten. So we got Carolina, the Leafs on a four-game win streak, Florida with six in a row, and the Kings with four in a row. So give me one of those that you think is either that's for real, their cup contender – or this is a hot streak, the spiral's coming. Who's a cup? So, like, so L.A., Toronto, Carolina, Florida. Well, that group, like, honestly, it's it's tough to say with Carolina because I feel like they could get there. I just don't know if they'd be able to win it. They're, they're just – I just don't know. They can be inconsistent, too, and the goaltending is always a question mark, right? So, like, if, I, if I'm looking at the East, like, if I'm not going to throw Carolina in there, and I already said the Rangers aren't, like, I think you're down to one team in the East who truly could win the Cup because I don't think Boston could win the Cup either. Florida. Florida Panthers. So, as I think it's Florida's the team, and then I think you got about five in the West that could. I think, uh, I think Vegas could. I think Edmonton could. <clears throat> I think Colorado could. I think Dallas could. And I think Winnipeg could. And I don't think Vancouver could win the cup because they don't play. They just don't play well enough on the road. No. Last night was a case in point. Like that's a game. If you're truly in cup contention, that's a game you get up for. I know it's only game. You know, it was what game fifty? What was it for them? Game fifty? Game fifty eight? So I mean, you think it's just game fifty eight, but you know that's a game where you kind of got to set a tone when you go into into Colorado. You're starting your number one goalie. You know, you just got embarrassed against the Wild, which you could have said it was a one-off, but that's a game you got to go in and win if you're if you're the top team in the league, um, as the standings say so. 
but they just weren't capable of doing that. And I'm starting to raise questions about them because their play is kind of falling off a bit. So, yeah, I think there's about six teams in the league that could win the cup. And, like, you could maybe throw Carolina in. They'd be my seven. And I think that's about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm right in line with that, especially Florida, I think. I don't think this is, like, peaking early. I think this is you're seeing what they're going to be the rest of the year. There. Yep, they're tough to play against. Yep. Not who I want in round one, I can tell you that. No. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Nope. Okay, so that closes out. You guys want to shout out the sponsors and socials before we head out? All right, so socials here. We got Let's Talk Red Wings on Facebook. We're always adding to that page. Uh, X or LTRW19. And TikTok, it's Let's Talk Red Wings. So, and I want to think, want to give one more shout out to the sponsors. You got the 509 Beer House. It's possibly the best pub in Windsor. Try the wings. Yeah, and uh, Motor City Chrysler, uh, corner of Walker and Tecumseh, Windsor, Ontario, 519-256-2303. Ask for Jeff Pollock. Jeff will give you a good deal if you mention the show. All right. Okay, that does it here. Go Wings. Let's go Red Wings. Let's go Red Wings.